0: And uh, everybody else good this morning? Yes. Man, the presence of God is in such a beautiful way he moved into this house. And I want to encourage, before we get into the Word, you can turn to Deuteronomy, and it's going to be chapter 32 today, Deuteronomy 32. I want to just say as a way of encouragement, and uh, Conrad actually mentioned this to me this morning, and it just it rung true with my spirit, that it is a privilege to be in his presence. And may we never take that for granted, that God has extended an invitation through the blood of Jesus, that the veil has been torn. And my desire for this church is that no one would stand at a distance, but that we would all come into a place of fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit and experience his presence. Because literally it is his presence that will change us, because church, we become what we behold. Amen? And today in Deuteronomy 32, I want to talk specifically about eagles. I had it on my heart this week and actually kind of sprung out of a a meeting, a counseling session, and and getting to know a dear brother here in the church and began to just talk and to fellowship. And I I mentioned that many years ago, one of the first discipleship sessions I had with my grandfather, who discipled me personally, me me and some family members, my two brothers and my mom, and uh, he went to Deuteronomy 32 the first time we sat down at the table and taught me something that was very profound that carried me through a lot of years and a lot of transitions. Everybody say transition. Transition. Everybody say spiritual maturity. maturity. God wants you to become like him. (laughs) God wants you to behold him and church, if we become what we behold, then it's as we behold who he is, then we become like him by digging into his word. To, from, from spending time in his presence through prayer in your prayer closet, your private place, your, your prayer closet that the Bible talks about. And the, the word of God comes into our life and it changes us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he mentioned that when I was a child, I spoke like a child and I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, I want to talk today about the topic of spiritual maturity and how we can behold God and how God likens himself as an analogy to an eagle. And we're going to look at what a mother eagle can do and how she prepares her young and prepares a nest. I was trying to think of a good joke to give you about eagles today. And the only one that I could come up with is, what do you call a sick eagle? An ill eagle. (laughs) Hey, you guys get better offerings, I'll get better jokes. All right? I'm, I'm joking with you this morning. So here's the, here's what the Lord spoke to me this past week. Here it is regarding maturity. Who who would say, I want to become everything God wants me to become everybody in this room that has a walk with the Lord. We have a desire inside of us placed there by the Lord placed there by the Holy spirit that we desire to become like him. And here, here's kind of what I felt like the Holy spirit was speaking to me the last three or four days. We will discuss these things. It, it, spiritual maturity is laid out like this to me. It starts with being fed. When you're a young Christian, I want to encourage you, if you've been saved for just a short period of time, say a matter of months or even a few years, we want you to understand and know that it is okay to seek to be fed by somebody else. But there's another level of spiritual maturity that a lot of people don't go to. The second level is that you learn to feed yourself. So you're maturing, you're not just, and and here's what I want to say as I lay these out, is oftentimes we kind of think that, okay, if I I was in a season where I was being fed and, and I've been saved for 15, 20 years, I want you to know that these aren't laid out like levels, but more seasons that we go through, because I've been saved for 26 years, walking with the Lord for a long, long time, many of you in here have been walking with him a lot longer than that. But how many understand that there are times, even 26 years of walking with the Lord, that I need to be fed, right? There are, there are seasons when God will place somebody in my life, and of course as a pastor, my season is always there, of feeding people, of feeding the Word of God, of, of feeding the sheep of God, what God is saying in the current season. But really the the ultimate goal that God would want anybody in this room that endeavors for spiritual maturity, which is what we're talking about today. We're talking about being able to behold God in his nature and that nature encourages us. It challenges us. It, it changes us and we become more like him as we behold him. But really the pinnacle of spiritual maturity is learning to feed others. So you begin by being fed and then you begin to learn how to feed yourself, and then the, the pinnacle of spiritual maturity really is spiritual motherhood and fatherhood. That is the pinnacle of spiritual maturity. So we're going to look at Deuteronomy 32 today. We're going to start down in verse 10, and we're going to look uh, read the Word of God until verse 12, and we'll jump into what I feel like the Lord is saying today. Some of the attributes of eagles we're going to look at today. I know many of you may have studied this topic far more in depth than I have. And there's so much to this because there's many, many places in the Bible. Isaiah 40 that we already read here in Deuteronomy 32. Other places where it talks about God carrying them on eagles' wings. And different places that we can kind of look in the natural at what an eagle does that God created. And how it it shines back to some of the attributes of God that I believe will help mature us today. Look at verse 10 of Deuteronomy 32. If you're following along at home, we welcome you online. And uh, pray that the Holy Spirit fell in your living room or car wherever you were today. Verse 10. In a desert land, he found him. In a barren and howling waste, he shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. This is the song of Moses. He's referring to the nation of Israel. We can take these promises and apply them to ourselves. Verse 11. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young... That spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. The Lord alone led him. No foreign God was with him. Father, for these next few minutes and moments as we've honored your presence. Lord, right now I want to honor your word. We honor your word by obeying your word. And by by listening to your wording. And allowing it into our hearts as a seed form to change us today. Lord, we all desire to grow into all things Christ Jesus. So thank you for your son, Father, that shows the way, that leads the way. Thank you, God, for the precious Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside of us and amongst us and around us, that, Holy Spirit, you are the one who is our helper. You are the one who teaches us all things. You are the one that walks closely with us as our advocate. So today, Lord, we thank you that you are present here and that your word will not return void but accomplish everything it desires today. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said. Amen. 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 The, the word right there says an eagle stirs up her nest. And here in the Song of Moses, we find a passage that describes how God can and will deal with us, his people. We can find several important truths here. But one of the first things that I want to begin to point out is when an eagle builds a nest, the nest is between six to nine foot wide, depending on where they're building it they build a nest and the it's it's huge it's 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 layered at the bottom and they do this purposely and when it says that god stirs up the nest it can give us an indication of maybe a season that some people in here are in and a place you might find yourself this morning in life where things begin to become uncomfortable because the the mom and dad eagle begin to build a huge nest six to nine foot wide and they line the bottom of that intentionally with very pointy sharp sticks and little rocks and pebbles and things to hold it together but they know that they're getting ready to have young so then they take the animal fur from animals that have been eaten and they begin to line that with feathers and fur. In other words, that nest is very nice and cozy and soft at the bottom so that these little eaglets Can begin to find a home and be fed. And again, we're talking about spiritual maturity. We're talking today about for a season in life or as a very young Christian, it is more than okay. It is absolutely imperative that you be fed by mature Christians. But what I've also found in the kingdom of God and in the church world that I've worked full time in for 20 years now, coming up on 20 years, is that not everybody gets to a place of spiritual maturity that others are able to look at our lives and be able to say, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There is a very serious lack of spiritual maturity in the body of Christ because most of us want to to exist on milk when God is offering us meat of his presence, meat of the word, hard truths that sometimes we need to delve into. So today it says that the mama eagle will come, that six by nine nest, it's, it's layered in fur and it's layered and downy and the the mother eagle it says will begin to come and sit up on the edge of that nest as she's fed the little eagles the little eagles don't look like mom they're darker They have different shaped beaks. They just, they're small, of course, they're babies. But it says here that the same way God dealt with Israel is the same way I believe he matures us because it says he'll come, the mama eagle will come and begin to hover over the young. What is she doing? In my opinion, she's showing the babies what it looks like to be mature. So here are a few things that I believe this points out to us about the nature of God is the, the mama eagle hovers over the young. It shows us the attributes of God. Number one is God's omniscience. Say omniscience. omniscience. The mother eagle has extraordinary sight. It's said that an eagle has such extraordinary sight that it could see a small rabbit or a rodent from hundreds and hundreds of yards away. Even some of the studying I did said that it could see a rabbit from up to a mile to a mile and a half away. That's how, That's what I came to encourage you today is just like the mama eagle that hovers over the young, God is hovering over you and he wants you to simply know there is nothing that is outside of his power to change. In other words, God's omniscience simply means that there is no searching or understanding the way of God. God is omniscient. God is all-knowing, amen? Let me ask you this question today. If God is all-knowing and just like a mama eagle, the sight is perfect. And the interesting thing about baby eagles and mature eagles is mature eagles don't, when they look at something, they know what it is. Baby eagles will fly down and try to pick up, the scientists have studied them, of course, for a lot of years. They'll fly down and begin to pick up trash and see a bottle floating in the water and they'll dive down like it's a fish. And the interesting thing is the mommy eagle knows how to discern between the real and the fake. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That's spiritual maturity. Look, spiritual maturity will put you in a place where you'll see somebody come along in your work or your home or if you've got teenagers. Listen, this is, a, this is a key development in your spiritual maturity is be able to tell your kids, you may like them, but I'm telling you, they're fake. Come on. Because mature eagles don't get around the phony. They want the real. And I'm looking at a group of people that don't want the fake and the phony. We want the real in our church. We want the real presence. We want the real word. But let me ask you this. If God is omniscient and he is, why do we worry so much? (laughs) Why do we worry so much when we understand the attribute of God is that he is all-knowing? He knows the beginning from the end. We're living in difficult times that are, like I've said for two, three years, are going to get more difficult. And some of you are on Facebook, rebuking Atheists. And we live as atheists sometimes ourselves. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm guilty too. Because worry is just simply taking something that you've placed in God's hands and bringing it back and placing it on your shoulders. So the mama eagle hovers over the nest... And the baby eagles are observing the mama eagle to see what they can become. And that is always the offer of God in His Word, when His presence comes, when you're in your prayer closet. God will always come near and show you and reveal to you who He is so that we can cast off the old and become more like Him every single day. That's what He wants. We worry so much and when God told us a simple key to everything in our life is seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. The cure to worry is to put God first. The cure to anxiety is to put Him at the very top. A lot of times we hear preaching that just comes along and says, well, God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be holy and being holy makes you happy. Because we're so concerned in the kingdom about happiness when God's concerned about our character, integrity, and growing to be more like Him. Yes. So seek Him first, and I promise you, there will be joy flood into your life. There will be joy flood into your family. Put His kingdom first. Put a relationship with Him, number one. Young people that may still be in here, put Him first. And He has a good plan for you. Yes. Number two, the mother eagle's swiftness. That's God's omnipresence. Everybody say omnipresence. omnipresence. Uh, a, a mature eagle can fly, they say, up to 100 miles per hour. And in a dive can get up to 150 miles per hour. Isn't that amazing? What that simply means, church, and, and, and I love this as I studied it. The only, one of the only natural enemies of an eagle is a condor. But the, the trick of a condor is to try to get the eagle low mm-hmm. and come from above and get and get it if a condor can get an eagle to the ground, it can kill and destroy it. Yeah. So when a, an eagle is flying, listen to me this morning, when an eagle is flying, it flies when it sees an enemy, it, it turns and it's, it's amazing. It has eyes large eyes, of course. It can see very well. It's almost as large as a human eye. But it has a special layer, like a, I don't know, like Ray-Bans for an eagle. It, it doesn't close its eye. It closes one small lid that's, that's like sunglasses to where, Listen to me this morning. It can look directly into the sun and begin to fly straight into the sun. Church, David said in Psalm 121, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. Amen. Yeah. When you are facing a battle, when you have an enemy you know is out to get you, it's good to remember that your God is omniscient and He is omnipotent and He is everywhere present. And when you're worshiping in Him in here, you may have a loved one sick in a hospital room, but it literally means that God's here and He's over there and He's there and He's there and He's there. You would not come to a church service again ever the same when you understood that it's by putting Him first and worshiping here, His presence and power can show up over there. You may have a loved one that's lost and God will show up in their car and begin to convict them and begin to speak to them and begin to love them into the kingdom. But we need to understand just like an eagle has great sight, we are never out of the sight of God. Never. Because God is everywhere present. He's everywhere. But listen, he doesn't always manifest himself everywhere, right? So when you're worshiping him and you're giving him all of your difficulties and your struggles and your problems, I promise you God is already out there going before you and making sure everything's okay. Amen? Amen. That's a mother eagle's swiftness. Speaks of God's everywhere. God is omnipresent. Number three, the mother eagle's strength. Everybody say strength. strength. God is powerful. The adult eagle weighs only about 25 pounds that can pick up and carry animals that weigh between 50 and 75 pounds. Eagle handlers have to wear special gear when they have eagles land because it would literally crush their arms. Listen, the eagle strength reminds me of God's omnipotence. Job said, I know that you can do anything. And Job said, my redeemer lives yes. church. Your redeemer lives today. We are talking about a real God with real power and real omnipotence. He is everywhere. And He also shows up. And when he shows up, he brings all his attributes to bear in any given situation. God is omnipotent. The mother eagle soaring eagles can fly higher than any other birds. I think some of us have chosen to be chicken Christians instead of eagle Christians. Amen? Amen. We really have. Because we understand that the eagles can fly higher. than They've actually said that in, in some jetliners, they can look out at times and see eagles all the way up as high as jets fly. Wow. It's amazing. They have accidentally been hit by jets in flight. And this shows God's holiness. Amen? Amen. The soaring shows God's holiness. Church, we need to come back to a place of reverence and awe of God. We need to understand his holiness. We need to know his holiness. We have lost this aspect of reverence and awe for who he is. The other thing that I began to study and find out about eagles are eagles are fiercely committed to one another. When eagles mate, they mate for life. They made in the air, which is amazing to me. Wow. And it's the reason you never see a chicken eagle. I don't even know what you, I was trying to think of what you'd call a chicken eagle, like cheagle I didn't come up with anything else. I just came up with che- cheagle Because chickens were created to stay here and pluck the ground. And you were created, listen to me this morning, yes. you were created to mount up. Yes. It says, as a mother eagle hovers over her young, she gets on the side of that nest, the baby eagle's spiritual maturity, being fed, they're down in the nest, they're comfortable in the nest, the down and the fur have layered into the bottom of the nest, and they're, they screech. And Mama Eagle flies in after she's caught a rabbit or something else. Maybe perhaps she's caught a snake. That was another cool thing I learned about eagles. Is eagles will catch snakes, but they don't get down and fight on a snake's level because a venomous snake could kill an eagle. They come from above, and they get on top of them. And the very first thing they do is they put their talons on the head of that snake. They take their other foot, and they cut the head off of the snake. Church, I want to tell you something this morning. Oftentimes, we have a reaction to the things going on in our lives when I believe God wants us to go snake hunting, not waiting for the snake to show up. Are you listening to me this morning? Didn't Jesus say all power has been given to you to tread on scorpions and snakes and all the power? Of the enemy. Now, that confused me the first few times I read it because I'm like, power and power. Well, power literally means authority. Uh-huh. Jesus said, I've given you all authority. And the word for power of the enemy is activity. So I've given you all authority. And don't miss this. What does he take the snake and chop his head off with is his mouth. Church, we need to learn to be speaking the Word of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the fire of God, and not wait for Him to show up. But some of you need to evaluate it and see where the snake is operating, and you need to go into some Holy Ghost warfare. You need to understand as the mom hovers over the young, she's bringing food, she's bringing sustenance, she's bringing these things. And here's what she does, which is absolutely genius, that blessed my life over probably 24 years ago. When I caught this, because as a very young Christian, I began to understand something important about the nature of God. God wasn't just about me being comfortable and fed. God was about me maturing into an eagle Christian. And these, these eagles are so amazing. They fly so high that they only fellowship with other eagles that can fly as high as they can. In other words, God hasn't called you to be down here pecking the ground with chickens. He's called you to mount up and soar with other eagles. Amen. So you can say this morning if you're looking for a spouse or if you're young and single in here, listen, you weren't meant to come down to find who God has for you. You're meant to mount up and meet other people to reproduce after its own kind. Come on. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? Because they're down there in the nest, they're soft, they're comfortable. And I think that many of us as believers have simply gotten too comfortable in where we are directly. And when they're in the nest, as the mother will bring back food and sustenance, and, and she gets on the, the very edge of the nest... The eagle is looking to see what the result will be if they will begin to be allowed to be uncomfortable in the nest. Because she comes along and she begins to pick out the fur a little bit at a time. She begins to pick out the softness of the nest. And as those little baby eagles are laying in the nest, they begin to get poked by something. It helped me learn how to walk with the Lord because I began to understand that when I begin to become uncomfortable and challenged, I can either run and hide away from that or I can understand God is wanting me to learn something that's not here in the nest. It's only found as mounting up into where he wants me to be. And we're so used to being fed by somebody else that we forget that God wants us to sometimes get out of the nest. So here they are. They're being fed by mom and dad. Their, their food is being chewed up into little pieces. They eat and they screech a little bit and they lie down and they go to sleep again. And just like a baby. And their only protection are the parent eagles. And it, be, it resembles us as we begin our relationship with God. And I know we have young believers right here in this room, even if you've been away from the Lord for a long time and you've come back recently like people I'm looking at today. And there's somebody else there to feed us. There's somebody else to pick us up and dust us off when things don't go right. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when you are created to soar at 30,000 feet, the nest is too confining for an eagle Christian. But listen, there comes a season in the life of the eagle. Everybody say stir. stir. That word has always jumped out to me in this passage because the nest, the mother eagle begins to reach in there and begins to stir the nest, begins to remove the, the down and there's sharp rocks and sharp sticks and more of the bedding gets plucked up over time and it becomes more and more uncomfortable for the eagle's. Let me pause here and say this for a second. There are many in this room, not just a few, there are many in this room that you have begun to experience some of the discomforts and some of the poking and some of the prodding and some of the things that are going on in your life. But I came to tell you something this morning. We're rebuking the enemy when it may just be the Lord God beginning to stir you up because he has something better for you. In other words, we get into a comfort zone and if you 're the type of person that doesn't like change you don 't like com- you you love your comfort zone amen yeah. i 'll say myself i 'm not a person that loves change no. I 'm not a person that enjoys things to shift and change in my life but if we understand the nature of God, we also understand how he's going to relate to us as his children because change is hard does anybody testify to that? Yes. but if you consider that in the change that you're going through that maybe God is just stirring up your nest. Because there's probably nothing weirder to see than a full-grown eagle still sitting down in the nest chirping at another bird to come and feed it. But if that was a spiritual picture of a lot of people in the church, that would be us. Yeah. Or let me give you an analogy you may understand better. My son is 6'5 and about 195 pounds. He's 17 years old. If I went into a, a class of second graders, I wouldn't expect to see him sitting at a desk. Amen. Yeah. It would be out of place. You would think, what is wrong with him that he's not a junior in high school at this point instead of still in the third grade? But I don't want us to get so comfortable in our nest that we miss God trying to create us to be like him. So why would God stir us up? Why? why? We're happy. We're fed. We're taken care of in the nest. Listen, we must be stirred up to actually grow and become everything he desires for us to be. The nest is too confining, the, test, the nest is too limited, the nest is too ho-hum. You aren't supposed to live a ho-hum Christian existence in life. It wasn't intended. You are called and intended by God to do great things for Him, but you got to get out of the nest. Listen. This whole passage of scripture in Deuteronomy is Moses' song about God delivering them from the hand of the Egyptians. What I have found in people's lives is that we can even get comfortable in our bondage. The chains of bondage can't be broken until they're too strong to be felt, church. So you have to be careful of what is wrapping itself around your life. So God comes along just like he does in my life, just like he's done in your life previously. But you may be in a season like that this morning where God is beginning to stir. Because these, these eagles were meant to fly, not be nest sitters or nest dwellers. Sometimes God has to tear up our whole nest to get us out of the nest. And we're fighting him the whole way. When God's just trying to cause you to become everything he wants you to be. And it says she comes and she hovers. What that literally means is, is she? listen, she begins to flap those wings as she hovers over her young. She's beginning to remove some of the things that, 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 that are, are soft and the, the, the comfort zone that the little eagles are in is beginning to slowly be removed. And they're beginning to look at mom and grow more like mom and dad. And they're beginning to, to desire. They may see a, another bird fly by. And they are carrying a, you know, a, a rabbit that looks really good. And the mom, listen to me, listen to me. The mom will actually intentionally stop feeding them as much as she was previously when she's going through the process of stirring the nest. Because those little eagles start to get hungry. Listen, some of you are like, God, I'm so hungry for you. That is God placing that within you so that you can begin to hunt and eat for yourself. Mm -hmm. And she comes and she gets on the side of the nest. And as she stirred up the nest, it says she begins to hover, which means she begins to flap her wings. And as she's flapping her wings, the old feathers that will not be good for the little eagles in the next season of actually flying, hunting, flying high, watching out for enemies, killing the snake, doing all the things that eagles do, the things that are on the little eagle now begins to be blown off by the wind that's created by the mother eagle on the side of the nest, hovering over the young. Has anybody lately been feeling the wind of the Holy Spirit beginning to blow? Oh, I hope you have. If you haven't, invite it. Because that wind isn't just for your enjoyment. That wind is to blow off everything that's going to hinder you in the next season that he has. The, the stuff that doesn't belong, the, stuff, the, the feathers that don't belong on the little, little eagle are being blown off by the activity of the mom and the dad by hovering over the young. Listen, you were created, created to spread your wings of faith and fly to a place that not many people get to. But we choose to be chicken Christians, amen, and not eagle Christians. Another thing, I wasn't planning on saying this, you know, another thing that I learned is that eagles are created by God, and it's a symbol to us, I believe. The only bird, not a not a cardinal, not a parakeet, not a parrot, not a, certainly not a chicken, when it, when the storm's coming, a chicken will go in a coop, right? Yeah, yeah. How many people we got with chickens in here? They get, like a guy I used to work with outside years ago, he looked at me when it started raining, he said, even chickens have enough sense to get out of the rain, Jason, let's go get in the truck. <laughs> uh, it sounds like barnyard sense to me. Eagles are the only bird that will fly into a storm instead of away from a storm. They fly into a storm because God made their wings to lock into position. And they, under, they understand that the storm has the ability to carry the eagle to heights it has never been before. Yeah. And if you're in here today and you say, I don't know if I'm in the coop or I'm flying into the storm like I should be with faith in God and whether he's going to use the storm to take me to a new place. He's not putting the storm in your life to destroy you. He's putting the storm in your life to create something beautiful in you. So they fly into the storm and you say, well, how do I know? The last storm that you went through, did you run towards it or did you run away from it? That will tell you. If you're moving into a place of an eagle Christian. So the mother hovers over to show the eagle like God does with us when we experience his presence. He's revealing himself to you so that we can become more like him. They're they're ending the season of being fed by the mom and dad. There will be a season where the Holy Spirit, you think you're in a dry place. It's not so much a wilderness dry place. It's God wanting you to get out from the bottom of the nest And here's what the mom does according to the scripture we just read. The mom will take her wing when they're starting to get ready. The the new feathers are coming out. They're beginning to change. They're beginning to look like mom and dad. And they come down with their little wing and they take the, the young and they put them up on the side of the nest. You see, all they've ever seen is the bottom of a nest. But when you, listen, when you begin to grow in God and begin to see how big God is and how glorious God is and how awesome God is and how much plans and purpose he has for your family and your kids and your life, it's no longer you're in the bottom of the nest. You're now on the side of the nest, and it's a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> Church, is a whole new world out there that God wants to reveal to you and show you. And he gets them up on the side of the nest. So no longer are they just looking at the side of the nest in the down and the things that they've eaten before. They now have a natural desire to be up on the side of the nest. But because the mom put them up there, he's already blown the old, the old feathers off. And they get up on the side of the nest and they begin to look around. They begin to take in the, the world, seeing other birds, seeing other eagles fly by and They nest together. They, when they're in the air, they, they stick together, which is another analogy of we need each other. Amen? I want to go to new heights. so I want to be around people that want to go to new heights. They're not afraid of a storm, but they'll fly into it and allow the storm to take them to the place God has. And they get up on the side of the nest, and they're looking around, and they're like, man, this is beautiful. This is gorgeous. Look at, look at everything going on around me. And then mom goes, <laughs> and knocks them off the side of the nest. She just, boom. Which if you've got teenagers, that's an analogy. I'm not going to preach on it. I'm not preaching on it. My wife and I don't agree on this element. Like 18, boom i getting my leg ready. <laughs> and I know we're laughing. I'm laughing. But how many know and understand that the biggest favor God could probably do to us is get us out of our comfort zone? Yeah. By we're starting to get poked and prodded a little bit. And, hey, this isn't quite what it used to be. So then you, you get up on the side of the nest. Listen, I'm telling you, I've learned this from God. I've learned it. Because the mom knocks the baby off the the side of the nest. And many times these little eagles just begin to tumble tumble and tumble and tumble and tumble. And they flap those wings furiously. And the beauty, and this is the beauty of your God, that's the same analogy as the eagle, because there's many places that God has said that he's like an eagle that hovers over us. The beauty of God is that right before they're about to hit the ground, the mama eagle will swing down and catch them back up on the wing. Do you know you got a God who will catch you? Do you know you got a God that you can step out in faith like you never believed before? This church is going to step out in faith of doing things that that that. that only God could do because I believe it's only God that can truly put vision in somebody's heart and life that's like an eagle that doesn't just see right in front of us but see something that's not even there when it when it hasn't even come along yet and those little babies just tumble 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 until they learn a very important lesson that we can learn today when it comes to spiritual maturity is the the little eagle will furiously flap those wings until they begin to look at mom So you can look at another Christian and wonder, I saw you fly into this storm, and I've seen you lock wings, and I see you have a greater relationship with God than you did before. And it's because you learn how to lock your wings, because the little baby eagle isn't meant to furiously flap its wings, it's meant to mount up. And mount up means that the bird, the eagle was created to lock its wings and be carried by something that they couldn't even see that lifts it from the ground up and takes it to new heights. Some of you have been trying to live the Christian life in your own furiously wing flapping power and you keep falling and tumbling and God rescues you and he puts you back up on the side of the nest and you tumble and you tumble and you tumble. And And that bird, as he's tumbling, will look at mom and see that mom's, not flapping her wings at all. Mom's gliding on something that I can't see. So the moment that that baby Eagle learns that she, it just, listen, you just sometimes need to stretch your faith out. You just need to allow the spirit of God, the wind of the Holy spirit begin to lift you up begin to blow and and begin to take you and you may be taken to heights where you look ahead and you see a storm, but church, I'm here to tell you, God has good plans. He has a good future. He has good things for his people. He's a good God who watches over us. Don't be afraid of the storm and don't be afraid of the thorns that are making you uncomfortable in this season. Why would God knock us off the side of everything we are accustomed to everything that is safe, everything we know? Listen, I believe this with all my heart, that God would rather see us crash on a rocky cliff below than be a bunch of nest-sitting believers. I believe that with all my heart. What am I saying? I would rather crash and burn than never try at all. That's how I roll. We, Lee and I, have said for years, if God was calling us to it, then God would take care of it, and he would provide, and he would make a way where there was no way. And we've seen him be faithful our entire lives. Because we weren't willing to sit in a nest of comfort, we were willing to get up on the side of the nest. He would rather you crash trying and struggling to be free than live in perpetual bondage, church. The eagles, when learning to fly, fail 50% of the time. Listen, don't allow fear of failure from holding you back from who God has called you to be. We need to expect big things from God. We need to stretch our faith at times. Don't let the fact that you failed many times before keep you from what God has. Treat it for what it is. Treat it like the baby eagles treated it. It's a learning experience. I guess the question is, when we look at eagles fail 50% of the time, the question for, for, for you is in your maturity is what would you do for God if you knew you couldn't fail? Because in this story, the eagle never failed. It always learned to do something different the next time around. There are no failures when you're doing God's will. There's only experiences. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Oh, that's a lot better than what y'all are, amen. But... <laughs> I'll have better jokes next week, I promise. <laughs> Number two, the at first... The eagle literally flaps its wings furiously. I mentioned this, but we are designed to mount up. You know how I treat my quiet time, my private time with the Lord in the morning that i just straight up honest with you. If I'm really busy or if we have to run the kids somewhere or do something, that happens the majority of the time. I don't get down on myself. I just get up the next morning when I'm able to be alone and go be with God. But listen, here, here's, here's how I view my time in the morning with God. Is, is I'm I'm beginning to flap my wings and lift off the ground so that I can spend the rest of the day mounted up. Because if I'm putting in the, 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 the ability to get out of the nest and fly, then he's going to cause me to mount up. What does it mean to fly on our own? Here's a few things. Number one, spiritual maturity and being able to fly on your own. Number one listen to me today, means you can pray for yourself. When you're faced with trouble, do you scramble to find the most spiritual person you know to pray for you? Listen, if you're a baby in the nest, that's perfectly fine. But as a maturing Christian, you begin to learn, the Bible said very clearly concerning David, David encouraged himself in the Lord. You will get into a place where you don't have anybody else to call. You don't have anything to tap into. You can't, you know, your pastor's unavailable and the person that is your prayer partner, they didn't answer the phone. Listen, you need to learn sometimes to encourage yourself in the Lord, to begin to learn how to pray for yourself. Just like an eagle learns to fly, your ability to pray for yourself is very important. Number two, the ability to experience the presence of God on your own. This should not be the only place you are experiencing the presence of God. Sundays and perhaps Wednesdays or Monday night prayer meetings should not be the only time. There's a special anointing on the corporate gathering of the people of God. There, there is. But there's also an anointing and a presence God wants to pour out on you in your closet. Amen? So I think a mature Christian, somebody that's learning how to mount up like an eagle, begins to experience the presence of God on your own. You know, of everything that God could have used as a symbol for that presence that we receive upon ourselves is called the anointing. Amen? Amen? And listen, the anointing was the oil that wasn't just put on, it was literally smeared on. I think there's a picture there that he didn't use water so much. He used anointing oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit because water washes off, oil doesn't. Come on. If the only time you're anointed is on Sunday and Wednesday, God wants you to come up higher. And understand He wants us to be in His presence continually. Number three, the ability to hunt and eat for yourself. Listen, you can get into the Word of God. You have the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible says you don't have need of any man to teach you. Now, was he... Was he coming against the fact that we have teachers and preachers and people who pour in our lives? Not at all. It doesn't contradict itself at all. It means if that's the only place you're getting sustenance, in this, God wants to meet you in your private time and show you some things from the word in your private time. It's an ability. Number four, ability to hear the voice of God and receive direction for yourself. Again, when you're faced with a tough decision or a tough place in life, do you run to somebody else? God wants to speak to you. Ability to have vision beyond what you see in front of you. Again, before the little eagles leave their nest, all they see is the bottom of the nest. Mm -hmm. And it's not until they get up higher and then they they learn to fly and they mount up and they go higher and higher and higher. Buddy and Alexis, if you guys would come and just play behind me, I'd actually probably have you lead us in worship in just a moment. I mentioned this in the beginning and and here's basically where I want to end. The pinnacle of growth for a Christian, spiritual maturity for a Christian, just like it is in an eagle's life. When those little eagles finally begin to hunt for themselves, and they begin to catch food, and they begin to function as an adult eagle, then they naturally move into a season where they're looking for a mate. And the pinnacle of spiritual maturity is spiritual mother and fatherhood. It's important that we don't see ourselves as maybe perhaps you've been saved five or ten years and you still see yourself as somebody that can never minister to somebody else, that can never pray for somebody else, that can never get into somebody's life and lead them into the Word and the things the Word has for us. I want you to change that this morning because this church needs good spiritual mothers and fathers. And here's where I want to end, and here's what I want to say is many of you are going through a season. I've gone through it. I know my wife's gone through it. I know many of you have gone through it before. But there is a season that an eagle goes through. I've talked about it before a long time ago, but I felt this strongly on my heart for people here. And this is how we're going to end today, is calling the people who are in a season that the eagle goes through, and it's called molting. Molting. And the molting of an eagle, it's amazing because the the eagle naturally knows that here coming in the not-too-distant future is a place where they literally need to be renewed. And what that eagle will do is they'll find the cleft of a rock, and they'll fly and get as high as they can to the sun. Come on, somebody. (laughs) As high as they can to the sun. If you are in a place where you know that you need to be renewed like the eagle. What the eagle does is it puts himself in the cleft of that rock. And an eagle has upwards of six to 7,000 feathers. And what begins to happen to the eagle, listen to me, its sight begins to grow dim, its beak begins to become very brittle and hard and curves in, to where it can't even eat, and the only thing that it can do is hide itself in the cleft of a rock, get very close to the presence of the sun, and begin to pull out. It takes 40 days, interestingly enough, for an eagle to pull out all of those. What? Church. Church. What looked like a season of death and no vision was not a season of death and no vision. It was a season where God was renewing your strength like an eagle. It pulls those feathers out. It takes the beak that it used to consume the Word of God. You know, I'm using the analogy. consume the Word of God, consume the presence of God, that beak that served it so well for so long. It's in the cleft of the rock. It's bloodied. It is completely featherless. I want to tell some of you all, you don't look like today what you have been through because God has been so faithful to you that in that season, if they would have seen you, they would have said that thing is dying. But, but God church, (laughs) but God, it was a season of renewal. And if I know anything about the spirit of the living God, and I believe I do, even though I've got a million times more to learn throughout my lifetime, what I know that I know is God is in a season of renewing his, his church, renewing his people. The wind and the breath of God is blowing, but sometimes it takes a season that the Eagle goes through of molting. Don't be afraid of the season God's leading you into because you're going to come out and listen, when that Eagle comes out on the other side of that beautiful brand new feathers, the beak has now grown strong again. Listen, it's vision has been restored Stand with me this morning because I got a question for you and want to pray for you specifically. Another thing that I want to do before we leave. Carl, I see you back there, brother. Is it okay if we pray for you today before you head off to to Romania? We have one of our service members here today. I don't want to say it wrong. Is it the 82nd Airborne or 101st? You're in the 101st Airborne. I knew you were an Airborne. Don't want to offend anybody in the 82nd, but 101st is better. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm saying you're in the right one, brother. And we all know this. We know that there's a lot going on in that area of the world. And I honor this man for his decision to serve our country. And Carl, that's literally what I saw this morning when I was praying for you up here and knew that at the end of the service we pray for you. I saw your church is taking you by the hand in front of the father and that you have the father's attention and you'll have the father's protection upon your life. Amen. You're not you're not going somewhere else alone. You're going within, And we're going to continue to pray for you. There are two kinds of change, church, two kinds. There's the pain of staying where you are. And there's the pain of embracing change. Either way, there's pain. Either way, the enemy would try to take you and show you the season you're in and say, well, God's out to hurt you or kill you or destroy you. But I want you to know this morning this, the molting season where the eagle loses its feathers, its sight is dim, its beak and talons break off. It might look like a season of death, but it's not. It's a season of renewal. So bow your head and close your eyes. I want to pray for those who feel like you've been in that season that I'm I'm talking about today. You you've either grown comfortable and God is putting you on the nest, and you, you literally feel like that baby eagle that's just tossing. I mean, just spin and spin and spin and know two things. God will catch you and lift you up, and secondly, He's creating and showing you how to mount up and fly yourself. He's growing you, He's maturing you. Then there's others in here that have been in that season of molting. You've been in that season of, of things being removed. And, and and it seems hard. It seems like the sustenance in there, the presence of God is a million miles away. Can I just ask this so I can pray for you? You've been in that season. I want to pray for you today. Amen. Amen. You've been in that season where it feels like the, the feathers are being plucked out and you don't know which end is up. I want to pray for you right now in this moment. Many of you here in that place. Father. I pray for the precious anointing of the Holy Spirit to fall upon those who have lifted their hands, God. That, God, you would come and you would bring strength. You would bring fresh vision. You would bring a freshness to the relationship and the word of God that they have in their hearts and in their minds. That, God, you would surround them, God, with your holy presence. And, Father, I pray in this moment you would blow such a beautiful wind of the Holy Spirit. That, God, it would blow off the old and usher in the new season. That, that they, would, they would once again mount up with wings like eagles. That their strength would be renewed as we wait upon you. As we intertwine ourselves with your presence, we can rest assured that our God is in control. Our God sees. Our God is all-powerful. And our God knows the beginning from the end. And, Lord, today, right here in this moment, we place our very lives into your hands, God. Carl, if you'd come up here. Is Destiny with you and your son? Is your boy with you? Y'all three here? Would you guys mind coming up? I tell you what, why don't the whole family just come up? Yeah, Yeah, you guys come up. And the reason I want you to come up is I want to hold Landon. (laughs) Show me the baby. Some of you get that. I want to see the baby. Oh, my goodness. I'm left-handed, brother. Oh, my goodness, y'all. You know what's beautiful as a pastor, and I mean this, it is absolutely beautiful that uh, I get to hold babies of people that I married a few years ago. This is, these are the joys of pastoring right here. Is it okay if we pray for Landis? We're not dedicating him, but we're going to pray for him. We're going to pray over Carl For Stretch your hands this way. Father, we pray for this mes- uh, precious man of God. Father, we pray for your holy hand of protection to be upon him continually. Father, that the anointing of God would be his rear guard, that the presence of God would be his shield and his buckler. The Lord, you said that you hem us in with your presence, that you surround us with your holy angels. So, Father, as this man has been raised up, God, to help serve this country and protect it from enemies, foreign and domestic. God, we bless him with the protection of Almighty God. We plead the blood of Jesus from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. May your mightiest angels go before him and be around him. God, we pray for his family, Lord, that your peace that passes understanding would guard their hearts and guard their minds, that, Lord, you would watch over and protect them and that he would have no other no other thing on his heart and mind but that God is taking care of everything that he has put his hands into. Because, Lord, we proclaim your word that, Father, you are able to keep everything that we place within your most capable hands. So let the power of God be with him. Let the presence of God be with him. Let the protection of Almighty God be his. And we pray for him and his whole entire unit and the United States Army, the Navy, Marines, and all the branches, God. May your divine favor be upon them this day as a representation here today of Carl. And his willingness to serve us by serving other people, God. We love and praise you. Stretch your hands this way. Let's pray for a little Landon. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless Landon today. Lord, thank you for bringing him into this world. Thank you for the gift he is to his parents. Thank you for the blessing that he is in this this line and blessing of heritage that he holds. God, we bless him as the church family today. Thank you for new life. It gives us hope. Lord, just as you said, the little ones, behold the Father's face in heaven. Lord, the innocence that I'm holding in this hand, may we all learn from it. That you said, Lord, to come like little children. And church, I want you to look up here and get a picture of how the Father treats you. He puts you in his arms and he holds you tight. You're the apple of his eye. You're the desire of his affection. And as we come to him as little children, we can rest in him. Amen. Bless Landon today and bless his parents and bless the people of God. Father, may we never depart from your presence, but may it be with us continually. And may you bless Christian Center Church this day. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord, church, and be blessed.